It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our performance review series continues here on Locked On Dolphins. A look today at the Dolphins wide receiver room from 2023 and what needs to change for this group moving forward. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. My Yemi, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free. At LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Uh, the performance review series continuing here. And this is one of my favorite uh, content series that I've, I've put together because it is extremely comprehensive. It's a look at film, but it's also a look beyond film at usage rates and tendencies and snap counts and uh, all of the inner nuances of what you would expect this team is probably going through on their own as they get ready to roll into the 2024 offseason and get themselves prepped uh, for what is a critical offseason for Miami uh, because they are uh, entering into a year in which they've made it very clear that their mentality is to win now and to be aggressive. And, um, you know, this team finished for the most wins in their division and did not win the division. And it set them up on a very difficult playoff path that ended with a one and done, which you reap what you sow. And they, they had their mistakes that they made along the way that, that facilitated that. Uh, but I'd be lying if I said the sun didn't rise just a little brighter today, knowing that that team from Western New York season ended last night at the hands of uh, the same team that ended ours. Um, but that's the team that Miami, you know, you got to finish with more wins than that team. And it'd be ideally great if you could, beat that team. So when I'm doing the performance review of the wide receiver room in particular, I'm reflecting on it with the knowledge that Jalen Waddle did not play in the second game and what the, that team from Western New York was able to do. And it, it's a really a great facilitator and transition into the wide receiver performance review for the room this year. So as a recap, uh, the Dolphins passing game this year finished with 4,514 yards and 30 passing touchdowns. Uh, those numbers ranked first and fourth, respectively, in the NFL this season. Uh, but you look at the targets, you look at the splits, and it tells you a very clear and obvious story for the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, first on this team with 171 targets. Jalen Waddell, second on this team with 104 targets. Of wide receivers, he had 171 and 104. The next wide receiver in this room for targets on the season was Cedric Wilson with 38. 104 to 38. 
And then Braxton Berrios with 33. And if you thought that drop was interesting, uh, River Craycraft 12, Chase Claypool 7, Robbie Chosen 6, Eric Ezukanma 1. So I have the uh, room divided, if you will, into three different groups. You have the star power at the top. That's obvious. And you guys kind of know where that conversation is going to go because we've exhausted it all season long, but we'll, we'll do the thing. You have the bottom of the room, which is the bottom four names that we talked about. Craycraft, Claypool, Chosen, Ezukanma. You have the top two, and then you have this middle duo that's a missing bridge for Miami, and we'll talk more about that when we get there. But the four bottom-of-the-room guys, I think anybody whose expectation for wide receiver four or five on your roster to carry more than a handful of targets on a season, uh, if there's injuries, okay, that's one thing, but if you're in an ideal world, this the targets and volumes not going to be there for these players because they're going to be special teams players or they're going to be return specialists or they're going to be blocking specialists, right? So it's not a surprise that Craycraft has 12 or Claypool has seven or Chosen has six or Ezukama has one. Obviously, Ezukama goes on non-football injury list at the beginning of the season after a handful of touches and a promising preseason. But even from a snaps percentage, Ezukama, 29. Claypool 51, Robbie Chosen 135, and Craycraft 185. Uh, those four players, Ezukama was targeted once. He did not catch his single target on the season. He did have a number of touches out of the backfield, carries. Uh, Robbie Chosen was targeted six times and caught 66%. So he caught four out of six targets coming his way. Chase Claypool caught four out of seven targets. It's 57% of his targets. And River Craycraft caught nine of his 12 targets on the season. I reflect on. River Craycraft, and I think the IR stint at the beginning of the season was something that he never really recovered from. And when he came back, he was still getting 15 to 20 snaps or so per game. Uh, but he had more than 50% of his regular season targets came in the first two weeks of the season. And he gets hurt against Denver and never really came back. And, and once he did kind of work his way back, you'd seen Cedric Wilson had taken his role as the blocking tight end, and Braxton Barrios had taken his role uh, in the passing game. So. Uh, my my reflection on River Craycraft is, you know, he his path to the NFL obviously he'd been cut a number of times and not necessarily a high priority player uh, in the draft process and, and from an initial investment standpoint. He's one of the better blockers on this team at wide receiver, and he's kind of a savvy oh, to space wide receiver, very quarterback friendly wide receiver. But as the rest of this offense and the core players does collect more reps within it. I think you do see the risk of Craycraft being somebody who maybe regresses back into uh, some of the, the physical elements that led to him not being very highly drafted or being somebody that has been cut off of rosters a number of times. I, I think there's a diminishing turns with his biggest appeal as a player because his advantage in the offense was experience in the offense. It wasn't necessarily a physical element that he brought to the game. So he still finished with 185 snaps. Uh, but 185 snaps and 12 targets is, you know, if you told me wide receiver five has 185 snaps, I'm expecting probably more than 12. And I get it. Miami, you know, Durham Smythe took some volume. The backs both, I think, took 30-plus targets this season. We'll look at those official numbers when we do the running backs uh, performance review. But the IR stint with the shoulder injury felt like a setback that Craycraft couldn't climb back out of from an involvement in the passing game perspective. 
Robbie Chosen's the next highest snap player of this group of four. He took 135 snaps. I respect how he stuck with it this season because in training camp and in preseason, we did the hashtag no block, no rock thing. And his build isn't necessarily very friendly suited to being a blocker, but this wide receiver room with this offense being what it is, has to be able to block to a certain degree. He obviously catches the one explosive play for a touchdown in the blowout against Denver uh, in week three. Um, I think at the end of the day, his greatest appeal is vertical lift in the offense. And in this offense where you're looking to manipulate spacing and get your best players the ball, that's never going to be a high-volume spot. I think it's a pretty easily replaceable skill set, and ideally you get somebody who can run the vertical plane that also has some mass to them so that they can give you a little bit more of a multifaceted element to their game. Like, in theory, what Chase Claypool's supposed to be. But I want to start with Eric Ezukam. He took 29 snaps this season. This style of player is the missing link. When you contrast this offense with McVay and the Rams and with Shanahan and the 49ers, and I think about what Puka Nakua has been as a rookie, as a six foot two, uh, 200 pound rookie wide receiver who is inserting in split flow inside zone and fold blocking on nickel defenders in the box. I, I have a lot of admiration. Uh, for the wide receivers in this offense and the effort that they have given as blockers. But at the end of the day, there's no substitute for size and, and big people beat up little people in the game of football. And that's really, I think, part of what you saw down the stretch for Miami too, with their skill group in the run and trying to be impactful in the run game. Ezukama is that style of player, that body type. Uh, so as I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of pro scouting getting ready for free agency and I'm putting together a whole free agency board and, and looking at players at all positions and stacking them versus what the dolphins have to kind of look at investment opportunities, all that stuff. San Francisco and LA Rams. The biggest thing that, that stands out immediately is there's a physicality element that has dynamic athleticism that I think Ezukama can be because his college tape was running the vertical plane and winning down the field. But he's in the preseason lining up in the backfield, lining up in condensed splits, knocking the teeth out of, of defenders in the box. Like that's the player I think that he can be. And I, I really think his absence um, was something that that hurt the big picture vision for what this offense could look like. And that's an X factor for the group in 2024. Kind of her, I believe it was Barry Jackson. The Herald reported that uh the neck injury that that sidelined him for the season is not believed to be a career threatening, which is great news. Uh, I think he was on the cusp of being a really nice role player for the Dolphins last year based on his preseason tape. But you're probably going to have to have a hedge there. And real quick, that's what Chase Claypool seemed like it was. He played 51 snaps. So I understand why, uh, but I'm not a fan of the player. I was not a fan of the player in Pittsburgh. I was not a fan of the player at Notre Dame. I was not a fan of the player in Chicago. Um, under no circumstances, I think a return would be justified. It's not a maneuver I would have made. I understand why they made the pivot and the physical skill set makes sense. But there's missed blocks. There's alignment issues. There's missed assignments. There's routes that look like they're not being run to the right space. And I understand there's a complexity with this offense that makes this, you know, picking it up in season extremely difficult. Um, 
but I, I, I think there's an, a slew and litany of compounding issues here that make me say thanks, but no thanks. And if you want to hedge on Eric Izukama, I'd go in a different direction. We're talking about the stars next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle coming up next. The start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they may not have the time or resources they'd ideally like to have for the hiring process. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> uh, this goes without saying. This is the best wide receiver football. I'm going to get into a whole spiel here, but I do want to outline uh, some basics. Tyreek Hill targeted 171 times. He caught 70% of his 171 targets on the season. It's an outstanding number. I know there were some frustrating outside of the frame drops for Tyreek Hill's drop rate. According to Fantasy Points Data Suite, is 6% on the season. Uh, you got volume guys like Cortland Sutton around 10%. So did Tyreek Hill need to catch some balls that he didn't catch this year? Yes. Did Tyreek Hill in some big moments against the best competition leave some plays out on the field that feel like really cost you? Yes. That can be true. But there's a bigger conversation we had here with Tyreek Hill. The notes I have, tremendous talent, versatile weapon that offers strain in all phases and is used as a multi-tool weapon to manipulate coverages, lethal on deep crosses, glances, fades, big posts, and the screen game. Extreme limits of pre-snap motion are tested for NFL offenses with his speed, and inevitably that is a contributing factor to my number one issue with Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill is a $30 million a year player. And I understand there was an ankle injury in the first Jets game that was then re-aggravated against Tennessee. You missed the vast majority of that game. You missed the second Jets game. But Tyreek Hill played 695 snaps this season. 695 snaps and had 171 targets on 695 snaps. He is uh, first in the NFL in yards per route rung amongst all NFL targets with a 
NFL wide receivers with at least 30 targets on the season. 3.72 yards per route run. It's number one in the NFL. It's off the charts good. He's tied for second in the NFL in design touches with 29 design touches on the season. He's first in the NFL in missed tackles forced amongst wide receivers with 30-plus targets with 28. Where I mentioned the drops, uh, Puka Nakua, the only wide receiver that had more from a raw volume standpoint. But the drop rate's different, right? Drops with that kind of volume is a different story. 695 snaps. Last year played 800 snaps. And this is a bit of a Shanahan thing because of the interchangeability of the personnel and down and distance and all that kind of stuff. So I understand why when you're a player that is utilized in the extreme pre-snap motion as a Tyreek Hill, and then you have a couple lower body injuries, but even last year when he was healthy, 800 snaps. I want to put 800 snaps into perspective. Let, let's ignore the game that he missed and the game against Tennessee where he's banged up. Let's ignore that. 800 snaps in 2022, to put this in perspective. Tyreek Hill had 171 targets. Do you know how far down the list of top targets players in the NFL you have to get to get to another player who played less than 700 snaps? C.D. Lamb, 991 snaps on the season. Amon Rob St. Brown, 1,010 snaps on the season. Michael Pittman, 991 snaps on the season. Keenan Allen, 779. Okay, you know, banged up sometimes. Still over 700 snaps. Stephon Diggs, 942. A.J. Brown, 1,019. Puka Nakua, 1,000. Devontae Adams, 693. Adam Thielen, 1046. Jamar Chase, 890. DJ Moore, 1029. There's a whole bunch more names. I'm going to keep going. Garrett Wilson, 1008. Chris Olave, 814. DeAndre Hopkins, 758. That's your next closest. Mike Evans, 863. This is in order wide receivers this season with most targets descending list. Calvin Ridley, 993. Terry McLaurin, 941. Chris Godwin, 892. Amari Cooper, 883. Tyler Lockett, 839. DK Metcalf, 831. Devonta Smith, 1043. Drake London, 860. Nico Collins, 669, is the next wide receiver down. There are 24 NFL wide receivers. The top 24, Tyreek Hill has the lowest snap percentage of any of them for a player who's making $30 million a season. So, And again, I understand there's an ideological issue here. You're using him in extreme exertion before the snap at times, and this offense does churn personnel. I get it. But if you got that kind of volume, 171 targets, which is second most targets in the NFL on 900 or 695 snaps. We haven't even talked about Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, 611 snaps. And again, he missed the last two games and he missed a game in week three with a concussion. So he missed three games. Jalen Waddle, the same Jalen Waddle who's the first Dolphins player in NFL history to record 1,000-plus yards receiving in his first three seasons. The same Jalen Waddle who has the 16th most receiving yards in his first three seasons in NFL history, which is also 128 more yards than Tyreek Hill had in his first three seasons. Jalen Waddle, who had less than half the amount of design touches on the season as Tyreek Hill, 14 versus 29. The same Jalen Waddle, 
who's also sixth in the NFL amongst all wide receivers with at least 30 targets of a yards per route run of 2.52. That player having that extreme of a contrast is something that I think teams struggled to take advantage of when both of them were on the field. But when one of them is off the field, it just opens, you know, it, it opens the door for the offense to be too one-dimensional. When Jalen Waddle's off the field, and I will maintain Jalen Waddle's absence against Buffalo in week 18 is the single biggest hindrance personnel absence that the Dolphins endured all season long. Because I promise you the covered shells would not have looked like what they looked like in the second half while also stuffing the box if Jalen Waddle played. And that's not an excuse for losing the game. You lost the game because you couldn't execute in the second half offensively. And you allowed them to dictate terms, and you're not capable of running in, in tight boxes. And Buffalo is as good as any team in the league in funneling the field, in funneling you into where you want to throw, but funneling you into that area with congested boxes. And a lot of bodies. And some ball hawks in there. And so there's their own limitations. This is not just, oh, Jalen Waddle didn't play, so they lost. But Tyreek Hill having that extreme of a usage in that low of a snap count does make you ask the question, and I am all for getting your best players the football as much as possible, but is there room for more balance in this room? And I will say, to credit how the Dolphins figured it out before the Waddle injury against Dallas, his final 10 games, Waddle was averaging eight-plus targets a game. He had 16 in the first four weeks, including the missed game. He obviously had the abdomen injury where he fell on the ball in training camp and missed some time. And then he misses the last two games and only gets four targets against Dallas. But if you are going to be so dependent on one player and then have a secondary player who's as good as Jalen Waddell is, and even he, you feel like you're, you're asking for more. Can you find ways to get these guys on the field for higher percentages of the snaps and be more balanced offensively? Well, that's where I think you get to the bridge. The bridge of talent that the Dolphins currently didn't or do not have the answer for. And that's the two players who took those snaps in majority were Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios. And we're going to talk about them next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. NFL playoffs are nearing a close, but it's still the perfect time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel. The conference championships coming up this weekend. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, and right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet with a layup with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So you have this middle duo of players uh, who for the Dolphins this season accounted for over a thousand snaps. Braxton Berrios and Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson took 545 snaps this season versus 237 in 2022 offensively. Now Braxton Berrios took 456 snaps versus 297 in 2022 with the New York Jets. I've highlighted the uh, robustness of your two stars in their yards per route run. Tyreek Hill, off the charts good. Um, 3.72 yards per route run. Jalen Waddell, 2.52 yards per route run. That is first and sixth, respectively, of all NFL wide receivers with at least 30 targets on the season. Barrios uh, had 33 targets. Cedric Wilson had 38 targets. So they are both qualifying players uh, in that spectrum. There's 122 or 112, excuse me, wide receivers in the NFL this season that collected at least 30 targets. Dolphins had four. Hill, Waddell, Barrios, and Wilson. Uh, there were three players in excess of three yards per route run. Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk, and Nico Collins. There were 26 in excess of two yards per route run this season. There were 56 with one and a half yards per route run this season. Cedric Wilson ranked tied for 82nd out of 112 wide receivers with 1.09 yards per route run. And Braxton Berrios was the 10th worst of those 112 qualifying players, 103rd at 0.74 yards per route run. So the disparity here is 3.72 for Tyreek Hill, 2.56 for Jalen Waddle. Those are both top six. Versus... 1.09 and 0.74. This is compounded even more. Braxton Barrows, 456 snaps. Uh, he was a 75% pass indicator for the Dolphins offense when he was on the field. Uh, of his 456 snaps, uh, about 120 of them were run plays. So you're you're very heavily skewed when, when number zero is on the field, the Dolphins are passing the ball. Cedric Wilson, much more of an even split at 53% versus 47%, 53% pass, 47% run. And I think the thing that Wilson did the most and most appealing was he was a blocker for you. So I think that's something that you, you acknowledge uh, was a redeem, not just a redeeming quality, but a plus asset. I think he, he had some very admirable plays this season in the run game. But this Dolphins offense runs where? Intermediate, middle of the field. And Cedric Wilson, that was where this man was worst this season. Uh, so that is kind of the conflict. Cedric Wilson was targeted 18 times in the 10 to 19 yards downfield area and managed to catch five of his 18 targets. Of his 18 targets, 
four of them were contested. And two of his five receptions, he converted into contested targets. So almost half of his five receptions on the season from 10 to 19 yards downfield were contested throws. It's a pass. He, he had a passer rating when targeted in the 10 to 19 area downfield of 22.7. Reminder, that goes up to 158.3. 47% of his targets on the season were in this area of the field. So nearly half of his targets for the season were in an area of the field where he netted a 22.7 pass rate. So yes, you're a good blocker. And people just look at, and they see, if they see zero out there, they know the Dolphins' odds are they're going to pass the ball. And in spite of that, Barrio still could not break one yard per route run on average as far as productivity goes. And some of this is appetite, right? Some of this is appetite to, to spread the ball around and, and have an honest effort to go through your, your, your progressions and set your progressions and not try to manufacture a primary target to Tyreek Hill and get the ball in there regardless. Some of that's on the play caller. Some of that's on the quarterback. Some of that's by design. But there's also a separation element. When you go back and you watch week 18 in the second half, and the Bills say we're in a cloud and we're going to play over the top on number 10, we don't have to worry about number 17. Somebody else beat us. And Cedric Wilson's working in the middle of the field. And Braxton Barrios is working the short routes, zero to nine yards. And that was his worst area of the field, Braxton Berrios, for the season. Passer rating in the 60s from zero to nine yards. And this is somebody who's supposed to be a quick separation winner. So you kind of fell into the same issue as last year where the complementary elements of the wide receiver room, it was Trent Sherfield last year, uh, were, were limiting factors in your offense. Because when you get against the really good defenses and your volume runs through two players, they're going to make the other guys have to beat you. So that's where I think about Cedric Wilson. And his uh, he was not a personnel tell like Mike Gusecki was. right? That was the issue that I had with Mike Gusecki is he had the Braxton Berrios element of pass-run splits but did it as a six foot five, 250 pound tight end as compared to a wide receiver. That in itself is way more egregious than anything had. So I think this, it's a step in the right direction. But when you, especially if 10 or 17 is going to be banged up and they're going to roll the rest of the coverage elsewhere, one of uh, several things is going to have to happen. You're going to have to lean more on the running game. The quarterback's going to have to elevate the play of the, of the players around them. Or the guys, the, the ancillary players in the offense are going to have to win more. None of those things happened down the stretch, and that's why Miami's offense ended the way that it did. So this is something I consider a need for this team. And maybe it's Eric Ezukanma. I keep going back to what that preseason tape looked like, the diversity of the role, the physicality that he brought, the blocking prowess and, and energy that he had, but also knowing on tape there's a mix of Cedric Wilson and Robbie Chosen and the versatility to move around in the offense like they've done with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell as well. And I'm not saying he's a blend of all those players, but if you can be 
of all of those players' best skills, be it versatility or vertical explosiveness or blocking, that's the emergence that you need. That's why the Rams were able to unlock Puka Nakua the way that they did. Because Puka Nakua got drafted in the fifth round because he wasn't an elite speed player or an elite size player. But he's well-rounded enough, and he's savvy enough, and he's smart enough, and he's tough enough that he can take a broad menu. And nobody in this group for the Dolphins could. Cedric Wilson was close, but he lacked the dynamic athleticism to win his one-on-ones. Not because they didn't try. They gave him 47% of his targets in the money area of the field. They couldn't separate. So, that's what, as I reflect on the Dolphins' wide receiver room and their performance this season, outstanding season from Tyreek Hill. And if you want to run your volume through that extreme for your receivers, great. I'd love to see them and their presence on the field a little more. I know that's a little bit of a departure and a deviation from the Shanahan scheme, but I'm also looking at Pukunakua this year played 1,000 snaps as a rookie, and he, he was injured for a stretch. So it's not unheard of. And you need that bridge to serve as the third option in your passing, be it a veteran or a rookie, a size guy, a supreme route runner, however you want to get there, whatever you want it to look like. That is a missing element, and it doesn't have to be a star. You've got two. But you need a well-rounded presence in that third role for this room to make to take the next step. Maybe you have it on the roster in Eric has come. But if you don't, you got to find a hedge this offseason. That is going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. I appreciate you guys checking it out. Find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'll be back again tomorrow with another position room performance review. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.